Hello and welcome to the Raising Men Show. I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. You know, Chatham. You know how we do it. Super Tuesdays. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're still in that series we're working through. Quarantining our thoughts right here on WKBY 1080 AM. I'm really enjoying the series because it's really helping me. Not just working through some stuff. There's just some moments when you just need to kind of talk through some things. Just kind of get out of your own head for a minute and I just find that's where a lot of us are and where a lot of us have been especially during these quarantine times and we spend a lot of time there anyway I think in our normal day to day but this quarantine time is really gonna it's really gonna stretch you it's really gonna press you it's really pressing me it's really stretching me helping me understand what I am who I am what I'm doing where I'm doing what I'm not doing and who I'm doing it to or with causing me to spend a lot of time listening for God and trying to hear from him and for my life and where I'm supposed to be and for my family's life, my boy's life. And I need to know where he wants me to be. I need to know where he doesn't want me to be. <clears throat> we do a prayer call every every Monday through Friday. About 8.15, I'll, I'll publish the number and another segment for those who would love to join. You're more than welcome to join. And even if you decide to sit quietly and silently, it's uh, it's just still a good time to to do that. And sometimes we just need to hear another human's voice. And I'll just give it now. I mean, it's it's not a problem. It's uh, I think it's a great thing. We used to do this when we were doing the film Restored Me, and those who were part of the producing core, and we were in directing core. We were right there daily. But it's uh, the phone number is nine seven eight nine nine zero five thousand. And you have to put in the PIN code for it because it's a, it's a conference line. So the PIN code is 923-923. So the number 978-990-5000. PIN code 923-923. And I, th- I throw that out there because this is a time when we really need prayer, when we really need each other. And then we just really need community. And I think... And so, so far times for me, I just find that I know I've taken community for granted. And I think in a lot of cases in our lives, we, we take a lot of things for granted until it's no longer there. I used to work with a, you know, really great guy. His name is Ray Bengan. And um, Ray taught me, I think he's probably forgotten more about telecom than he probably taught me. I know I've forgotten a lot about it since I don't have to work at, you know, that side of telecom in my my day life. But I remember he used to always say, you know, you're going to miss me when I'm gone. And that was his, his take that he would give to people, especially people who were giving him a hard time, especially people who just really weren't being good citizens, people who really were, when he noticed that people were taking advantage or taking him for granted, that he was always going to be there. It happens a lot when people call in markers and favors and they don't put a favor or a marker back in the tail. Now, okay, so markers and favors. So I'm an old, you know, oh, I'm old school. I'm not old. I mean, I'm definitely got my own swag and my own sway about myself. So I'm still, I'm still good, you know, you know, get my swag back, you know, not Stella, but you know, and I may definitely stand or Stan Lee. So, but Craig's going to get his groove back. And we, we need to make sure that if, you know, in, in, in that we give our, selves a break. So I, I look say I'm an old school philosophy and back in the day it was always, you know, mafia movies and the mafia was a big thing. And if you did,
did somebody a favor or somebody did you a favor or they saved your life or they did something that they that you really needed to get done you know you you owed them something there was a marker that you that they had with you that or a credit or something on the margin that was outside of like the day-to-day interactions that you had to they could call in that they could ask you for this favor and you couldn't refuse i mean those who you know like me used to watch the godfather he used to talk all funny like this like he had a mouthful of marbles or someone's holding onto his neck and he'd always say, I'm going to come to you with an offer that you can't refuse, right? And that's the kind of the thing. That's what a marker is, is where, you know, you it's a promise you've made in the future for someone to do. And some of us are, you know, we have markers for people that we've called in or, and you've called in markers for people, but when it comes to your turn to do something, we aren't so quick to do it sometimes. And Ray used to always find those people when they would do that for him or to him. They would always ask and ask and ask, but they would never give. They would never give. And he would always remind them. That was his reminder. Some people now in modern day may say, well, that's passive aggressive to say that to people that, you know, you'll miss me when I'm gone and it's an effort to keep them honest. But it's the truth. There's so much that this COVID-19 is taken from us, stolen from us, that we miss now that it's gone. It reminds me so much, almost like a death, like we're at certain points we're grieving and kind of going through the, the steps to recovery or grief or, and maybe during the show I'll pull up those steps. Maybe that makes sense to go through and as the Lord is kind of helping me process through Normally I have my notes real formalized, but COVID-19 has really caused just some things to kind of build up and be sort of stuck in the center. And I, there's certain things, there's certain topics and getting things together that just don't come as quickly as I wanted them to. And sometimes you just need to talk, you need to get things out because there's the topic of this message or series we're doing, of course, is quarantining our thoughts. But today's subtopic is just below the surface. Because I find right now that so many of us are dealing with things and trying to keep our life bottled up and trying to get an understanding of where we are, where we're not, how we're feeling, how we're not feeling, and understanding why or not understanding why. I'm frustrated with the why is that we're having to stay sheltered in. Or those of us who've got to go outside of the house to work. Why do we have to go out of the house to work and put ourselves in harm's way? Why can't we do what we're, we want to do? Why can't we exercise these freedoms that we are given, that the rights that we have as Americans? For those of you who are listening around the world, you're not an American, but you should have certain, I'm sure you do have certain rights in your community. And right now, Governmental officials have taken those rights away, not in a formalized manner in all cases and all places, but there are some places where they have been formally taken away for our best interest. And I, and I get it. There's, you know, if you read the propaganda hype, and I'm not a propaganda person, I'm not a political person, so I'm not going to even spend a lot of time there. But I know some of the some of the sayings during the Nazi era was that we're doing these things for you for your own good. We're protecting you for your own good. We're, we're managing you for your own good. And I'm not saying, using that term right now to say anything that our governments are doing is from a, a Nazi or Marxist philosophy. I'm just saying 
the sayings that are being said now is that we're being asked, being told, being encouraged to stay indoors, shelter in, only go out when you need to because it is for our own good. We need to do everything we can to stay away from the opportunity to contract this COVID-19 virus. And I know I'm sure so many things on TV is talking about COVID, 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 you know, Corona, Corona, Corona. And I'm not talking about the beer. We're talking about this virus, you know? So, and, I, and I've tried to spend a lot of my time not watching TV because I'm frankly pretty tired of hearing about it. But you can't, well, here's the thing, you can't go anywhere. So every moment of every day is a reminder of this pandemic and this crisis that we're in, COVID-19, because I can't go out anywhere I'm here. I'm I'm where I am at. I'm where the government wants me to be. If I've got to go to work, I've got to get gas, if I've got to go to the bank, if I've got to go get groceries. Those are the things that are constant reminders right now of this basic things of life that we can only do and all of the rest of the things that we used to do, we can't anymore. So we've got to figure out where we are and get a understanding of what we can and cannot do. We've got to be able to maximize this whole thing. And I'm thankful thankful for the Lord for giving me this, this serious topic, quarantining our thoughts. Because that's what we're going to need to constantly do. Over the last several weeks, we've talked to different people and different topics about the topic of quarantining our thoughts and how do we quarantine our thoughts. I know Andrew Hopkins spent some time from a worship leader's perspective helping us understand how he quarantines his thoughts. Having a young family and being a, a, a worship leader, person that works in a church philosophy and, and, and being a freelance kind of a staff member who's reliant on the offerings and the, and the givings and the payment for places that were normally, you know, overflowing. He, he shared that he had gone, had invitations already on the books and on his calendar to go different states and different places, and in some cases even out of the country with Elijah Revolution. So we know that itinerant ministry were going strong with churches were meeting together by either by the dozen or by the thousands. And so right now, churches can't even meet corporately like they used to in the, in the gatherings in some of these fancy cathedrals or small halls. Sometimes even a bedroom is too many because the regulations that the city says and states have and the governments are having that says it's more than 10 or more than a dozen people in the same place poses a risk. There's been some even throughout the United States, church-wise, pastors, they've thought, you know what, I'm going to disregard what is being said, what we're being told by government. We're going to meet, we're going to worship the Lord, we're going to pray this thing away. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with prayer. I'm not saying anything that's I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with corporate worship. I'm not saying anything is wrong, period, other than the fact that, you know, we all violate the law at every at any point during our lives, or at some point during our lives, we do, right? I mean, I don't know of a person who haven't who hasn't uh, driven over the speed limit, whether it's a half a mile, quarter mile, or intentionally ten or fifteen miles over it, that's violating the law. Someone's gone through a yellow light. And that is caution, slow down, stop. Some of us have gone through a red light. Some of us have kept more change than we should have when the, when the cashiers have given us money back. Some of us, you know, have walked 
when you're not supposed to walk. We've jaywalked. We crossed the street that's not legal. So I'm not saying that any that that, that you can't say that you're not have not broken the law because no one is guiltless. No one is sin free during in this time at all. So those people who decided to meet in the corporate corporate setting to pray and seek God for this time of COVID-19 and being able to, to kind of pray and seek God's face and ask him requests and demand that this thing be over. It was a choice that he paid his life for and paid his life with. We'll be right back after this message. You're listening to The Raising Men Show and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. We're dealing with, with quarantining our thoughts. Today's subtopic is just below the surface. We'll be right back after this message. Who you hire as your realtor matters. You need a realtor who looks out for your best interests and not their own. Marie Clark with Allison James Estates is a full-time realtor specializing in helping first-time homebuyers in Temecula and the surrounding areas. She is also a ministry leader. Today, why don't you choose Marie Clark to buy or sell your next home? Please call 951-265-6259. This is Craig Carlisle, the host of The Raising Men Show, and I'm also an executive producer of the independent feature film Restored Me. It's a powerful, feel-good dramedy that centers around a young man trying to restore his relationship with his young daughter and her mother after his wrongful incarceration. This film speaks to restoring your faith and pushes a bold message of positivity and motivation. The cast includes Gary Owen, Bill Duke, Will Young Lee, Matt Gerald, Richard T. Jones, Malik Yobo, Yancey Arias, and Bo Casper Smart, just to name a few. Restored Me is available on over 100 digital markets, including iTunes, Amazon, and on demand from your local cable provider. Buy it, rent it, either way, I'm asking you to watch it. It'll bless your life. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlisle, on WKBY 1080 AM. Hello, and welcome back to The Raising Men Show. That's my son, Caden. He's 16 years old. Awesome. I love having my kids involved and what I'm doing and not just from doing the drop-ins and these bumpers for me, but just because I want them to be a part. I wanted to, I wanted to leave a legacy for them. I I wanted them to be able to find out who they are and what they want to do with their lives and then help them maximize that, find out what they want to do, what they're, what they love to do, what they're good at. And sometimes those are, you know, one and the same and sometimes they're slightly different and you know, I think you can always monetize your gifts, right? The, the word does say your gifts will make room for you, bring you into the presence of great men. I believe that. So I'm going to help them become aware of what they are and who they are. So the Lord will allow the gifts to make room for them. He will make room for them. So where are we? Where are we at? We're back to the topic. Quarantining our thoughts is the overall series we're in. And we're talking about quarantining our thoughts. Yes, yes, yes. The subtopic is just below the surface. The first segment, I know I kind of wandered around and stumbled around just the topic of calling it markers and being frustrated. And just, we kind of had a little recap of what we had. And we left off with what Andrew Hopkins was been talking about being a uh, worship leader, working in churches, churches not being able to meet currently. Last week, well, it's two weeks actually, we were, my aunt, did a beautiful job, Mary Louise Page. She's a professor of eschatology at Next Generation, sorry, Next Dimension 
uh, University. I keep telling her I'm going to get that name right. I apologize. I keep wanting to say Next Generation, but it, but it is Next Dimension University. She really gave us a, a great overview and breakdown of where we are with COVID-19 and as it relates to the end times. Are we really in an end time you know, set? Is this the end of the world dealing with COVID-19 specifically? And she reminded us or illustrated to, to us that we have been in an end time mode for years, for generations and for decades, but this in itself does not symbolize the end of the world. So we can rest easy and know that COVID-19 is going to pass, you know, on its way. We don't know how long the Lord is going to allow it to be here, but he did co-sign it. So, you know, it's, it's something he has allowed and we're going to continue to seek God in this. And so we're going to keep it moving. I was talking to another friend and that, and, and several friends actually, and just kind of, you know, it's part of that whole community thing. When we have talked about before is it's when we're together or we're, as we're living our daily life, we need to be in community. Don't isolate yourselves and have a plan and, you know, your routine. That's what, you know, even Nate Webb had helped us understand too. When we did our, our first week or two of quarantining our thoughts, he kind of reminded us that, Hey, we need to get our routine together and stay in connection and stay in community with people. So during my community, service, a community outreach project of my week when I'm just yearning to talk to an adult and have adult conversation, not just always talk to, you know, my sons. And my sons and I do get into some pretty good conversations about life. And, and those are great moments that I do cherish. There's moments when I really hadn't thought in my life, a lot of years, when I never thought about being a parent. I've heard people talk about, you know, parenting is the best thing in the world. Kids are a blessing. Kids are a blessing. And, uh, you know, the I always used to hear that, though, from an adult who had in so many cases with adult kids or adult children. And it's, it's, I'm finding as my kids are growing older, you can see those rays of light coming on and staying on and getting brighter and brighter in them and makes you smile. But those, cause when you have those moments, when you, they do something and you're like, Oh my gosh, is there anybody in there? It's, I know since he's a comment for some of you and it can actually quickly brush away the, the smile that you may have just had. And I know Andrew was talking a few weeks ago about how there could be moments when his kids frustrate him. Uh, but then in the next few moments later, after he calms down, takes a breath, gives himself a break, he tells his wife, you know, hey, babe, don't we have the, the best kids ever? And that's really where it is. We have to remind ourselves, you know, we've got some of the greatest kids ever. But if you if, if your kid's a hellion, I mean, it's because you allowed him to be. You, you, you raised him. You, the word says train up a child the way he should go. And when he is old or older, he won't depart from it. Now, parents, what are we training our children? Are we training them to be hellions? Are we are we training them up to be irresponsible? Are we training them up to be, you know, what we don't want them to be? And I say this because we need to help even quarantine our own thoughts in parenting and, and, and help our kids quarantine their thoughts as they become adults. Short story, and I'll get back on topic, but I work for a company in, in a customer service capacity. I've talked to, you know, you know, parents around the world and the particular product is great for, you know, helping parents protect their children from the internet, internet predators, basically different inappropriate content online. And I actually had a couple of customers tell me directly that you need to fix your product because your product needs to help, needs to keep my son or daughter from you know, accessing or, or watching 
inappropriate content online and you need to make sure that my child doesn't stay on video games all the time and you need to make sure that my child doesn't do what I tell them, what I don't want them to do online and, and with their games. And I was like, wait a minute, we're not the parent. That's not our role. We need to stay in our lane. In that particular case, that lane of that company is to allow you the tool that you need to manage your family or your child's internet experience. It allows you the keys to set the rule in place that backs up the rule that you speak with the mouth that's in the middle of your face. I believe it's, I believe it's really the same with our relationship with God as well. Old Testament time, he provided the Ten Commandments because people just really couldn't get themselves together and they needed a set of rules and to kind of go by. I need, you know, a 10-step program to help me stay on target, stay on task. And obviously that didn't do very well for most people. And the 10 steps, the 10 commandments, you know, they were, you know, broken from time to time. And in, in that Old Testament law philosophy, when you broke a command, or there was no redemption. There was no, oh, I'm sorry and I'm I'm good to go, right? It was one and done, right? That's why the Lord allowed Jesus to come in as a part of the plan to be in a, a redemption or a ransom or a propitiation for our sin so that through his death, he's paid the ransom once for all and once and for all. He was also the, you know, Jesus was the greatest one and done I've ever seen. I didn't even see it, but I know of, I should say that. But I'm not that old. My kids say, dad, you're old. You were there when Jesus was born? No, son, I'm, I'm not that old. But I rambled that way to say, if we would just listen to what the Lord wants from us and follow after his way. And I know people say, yeah, well, we're living in the new dispensation. We're living under grace now. We're not living under the law. I, I, I get it. But, the, but living under grace still doesn't allow us to just run rampant, just run crazy and do whatever in the world we want to do. And that's why I think this is a great time with COVID-19 and the sheltering in philosophy that the government has asked us to do, at least in our country, is that we can't do what we want to do. And a lot of us have spent so much time over the last, my goodness, it's probably going on nine weeks now, seven, seven weeks actually, being frustrated, being angry, being out of place and out of sorts. And we find ourselves just in a state of confusion. In some cases, standing around in, a, in the house, not knowing what to do next or standing out in the backyard, wondering what are we going to do or sitting in a, in a place wondering what's next. And Or when my kids have gone to grocery stores, I'm sure like some others have been traumatized and just had some type of anxiety about the fact that there's not food on the shelves in great abundance and there's just not the things that we're used to seeing and I, I can't just go walk to the car or walk to the edge and get the mail out of the mailbox and, and not have to worry about there being some some disease or some bacteria on it that's going to kill me. I, I, I have, there are people that are worried about packages that come to the, the porch from companies like Amazon or uh, delivered by United States Postal Service or UPS and things like that being delivered. And we now have to be concerned about quarantining that package and let it sit somewhere in the corner for two to four days, depending on who you're listening to and how long we believe that we're comfortable with believing that that virus is, that may be on that package in some bit or great amount has died because of there's nothing on that package or that surface that it really wants. 
even heard a friend of mine, we talked yesterday, said it, if you, that the COVID virus doesn't like ultraviolet light. So if you put packages in the sun, now you have to put them evenly. And I don't know if that's even true. And people have said you can put them under black light or UV light, and it will have the same effect on that package in terms of killing the virus that may or may not be on there. It, it makes you feel some kind of way. At least it makes me feel some kind of way. I know I've shared, I've gone to supermarkets and I begin to feel myself sweat and feel my heart rate increase and feel lightheaded. And you know, the older folks used to say, I used to have heart, palp have to have, used to have heart palpitations. That just means your heart is beating, fluttering or beating funny, out of rhythm. Found myself just this past week, two packages came to, or last week I guess, came to the door. Had this been any other time prior to the last seven weeks, my kids, I'd have told them, yelled out, hey, go get the packages off the thing, off the porch. Or, you know, one of my sons actually carries the Amazon app on his phone and he gets the same alerts that I do. He's logged into my account, so he knows when the packages arrive. He'll he'll go to the door and grab a package. But I know two of my boys did that this week or a week ago, and I, I couldn't get out of my office fast enough because the door was... You know, I could see on my door that the package was there and I see the front door opening and I'm trying to get out to yell and scream, no, 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 don't touch it. I, I found myself all kind of wound up about that. I found that I had some anxiety that was brewing just below the surface. We're going to talk more about that when we get back from this message. You're listening to The Raising Men Show and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle, right here on WKBY 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia. Hey everyone, my name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with World Financial Group, licensed to help million-dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202 or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlo, on WKBY 1080 AM. And we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back, talking about quarantining our thoughts and their series that's going on right now. And today's subtopic is just below the surface. And going into the break, I was sharing some of the anxiety that I was, re I just had realized at that moment that I was having with the the concern I had with my sons, well, for one, obviously, the, this get to the heart of it, contracting this illness and becoming sick and dying. For me, having my late wife pass away, it's the thought of death and dying and the realizing mortality has been a thing for me. Um, since she passed away, we were I, I've always been wondering, you know, how much more time and how much time and try to live every moment as if it were the last. And now I haven't always done that. And 
since she's been gone, but when I realized that I needed to and the urgency of it, it kind of went to the hyper extreme where I'm trying to drive that point home as often as I can. So now you toss on something like COVID-19 and this whole bizarre era that we're in right now, and it can, it's actually helping me understand where I'm at and where I have been the last seven years and what's kind of taken place. During our prayer call, I mentioned we, you know, have our prayer call on every Monday to Friday. I didn't give the time. I apologize. So it's Monday to Friday, 8.15 p.m. Pacific, 11.15 p.m. Eastern. I gave the number the first segment. We'll give it again later. So, but that's the time. I know during that time, the Lord had given me a word to share with the prayer team that to ask the Lord, what does he want us to know about us and who we are during this time of sheltering and the time we can do nothing but stand or sit and be in the same place all the time. Ask the Lord, what are we supposed to do with our time, with our hands? Also to ask the Lord, really, what does he think of us? Because those are key questions to ask because during this time, if we really don't do something with our thoughts, we can become, I don't want to say crazy, but we can go crazy. We can go mad. We can come unglued. I've talked to a friend of mine who, you know, is a student and they're not able to leave the university and live anywhere else because it's just not an option for them between themselves and some other international students who can't fly and can't travel because of travel restrictions. They're stuck there. They're quarantined at the university. Now, of course, they can go get food and, you know, other essential items. They can work. I mean, if that's their thing and if that's what they want to do, yes. But understanding, you're talking about a university that had, you know, tens of thousands of people and now there's less than 50. And some of them, or a lot of them, really don't know each other. And I think some of them are forced to become closer together because of necessity, you know, it's almost like a scene out of I Am Legend with Will Smith from years ago where it was a post-apocalyptic virus that had hit that particular, you know, hit the world and hit the nations and Will Smith's character was like the last one standing, so to speak, that he knew of and there was always some other place that he had thought was a rumor where these survivors were, but he didn't know, didn't know how to get there. And for some of us, that's the way it feels in terms of not having anyone around us. And so we have to be able to maximize and leverage our thoughts, quarantine our thoughts, spend time with the Lord, maximize this time. <clears throat> because during this time, it's a great opportunity, really, because we can write, we can read, we can do all these other things that we've always wanted to do, clean our house, clean our bathroom, clean those nooks and crannies. But I I understand there, there'll come a point, I'm sure within the first week that those of us that have been sheltering in place have done that, but there's really not anything really of any great amount left to clean. But when it's still and all the moments are done, it's time to turn to some introspection. During this introspective time, I felt that, hey, at the end of this COVID-19 period, the whole world's going to need a hug. Well, really, the whole world's going to need a, some counseling, to be truthful, for either PTSD or grief. And the Lord really led me to pull up even the stages of grief, and we're going to talk about 
the 12 step programs as well, because they, they all seem to apply to kind of help us quarantine our thoughts and get to, you know, find out where we are on the skate state scales and gauges and where we are in these frames of mind, starting with the grief, there's five stages of grief. And for someone, if you ask me, well, why would you start with grief first? Lord, the Lord had me start with grief first because with us not being able to go out and do what we want to do, some of us are grieving the loss of those free freedoms. We're grieving the, the, the loss and the lack of being able to go and do what we want to do, being able to exercise our free will. Now, you can still exercise your free will. You have the right to wear a mask and the right to not wear gloves. You have the right to not, right to go outside and be active into the world right now. True, yes, but you also are exercising your right to allow, put yourself open in danger to allow yourself to contract the virus. Stages of grief. First stage, denial. Denying that this is actually happening. Denying that there's any Thing really going on. It's just a government cover-up. It's just a. It's just an issue. It's all a fake. It's all a fraud. It's just like the moon landing. No one really landed on the moon. You know, nothing really happened. And you know, in 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 the uh, what do you call it? The uh, Holocaust. That really didn't happen. Yeah, slavery. That really didn't happen. Denial. After we finally can figure out that you know what this this junk really happened. This is really happening to me. This is week seven and sometimes in some cases week nine or more for those who are in other countries of having to be sheltered in place, not going out anywhere. In some cases in foreign countries without a permit, without a, per a permission to slip to be out, a hall pass, so to speak. After we realize that this is really happening, this is really something, or maybe after we've contracted the virus, or maybe after we've known someone who knew someone that showed it as proof positive that this is really happening, then we get angry. Second stage, is the second stage of grief is anger, where you're just frustrated and you can see that anger coming out towards other people if someone cuts you off in the road when you're actually trying to get out and get some groceries. And that person could have cut you off in the grocery store, going down now the wrong way on a one-way aisle with their basket. Found myself that way this morning. Went to a grocery store. Grocery store was a lot better stock than I had seen him in the last eight weeks. But there was a guy that came down the wrong aisle. And I was shocked. He caught me off guard. I wasn't looking, wasn't expecting anybody over there. So I found that just below the surface, my anger was brewing. And I was like getting ready to tell him, give him, give him something to think about. Go down and go around the right way and follow instructions. Can't you do that? This is, we want order and we don't want anarchy. We want to be able to have, I want to be able to have my six feet move away. But the Lord reminded me I had to give him a break. I had to give myself a break. I had to. Woo-saw, I had to run my earlobes around my mask straps and readjust my mask without touching my face. And that made me angry again. That I had to be this way. I had to wear the surgical mask or this. I had to, I was angry then because I had to wear these surgical gloves and now I'm wondering, do I get something on my ears now? Because I had to readjust my mask. And I'm reminded and angry because my glasses are fogging up. And I, and I know people are giving me some great tips in using uh shaving cream to put on my lenses but today those the two masks that i have right now they didn't make the fog near as much as that bandana so just as a note thank you very much for all the suggestions after we get beyond the angry point we're tired of being angry we get into bargaining third step of grief is bargaining we're going to pray this thing away lord we just if you would just take it away if, if my people would just humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways ways 
God will hear our prayer, answer it, and heal our land. Bargaining with God, calling upon the name of Jesus, using, using our power to, that we have, to, having the mind of Christ, speaking those things into existence that are not as though they were. Bargaining. God, if you just would take this away, I'll go to church. I'll serve you for the rest of my days, God. Bargaining. And I'm, please believe it, I'm not making fun of any. Because that's what we do in church. We, we, we're trained to be able to speak life. We're, t- we're trained to be able to, to, to make sincere prayers and requests to God, to turn the hand of God. So he'll hear the sincere requests. But though he hears it, and I understand that when we make the sincere requests from God, he'll, he'll, do, he'll answer our prayer. But this one is a part of his plan. He's already set his power in motion. God is so powerful that he can't even stop his own power. So when he has set his own word and power in place, he's got to speak something else to change the course of what he already spoke. He can't, he just has to be able to, well, I spoke that into existence, okay? That tree is going to grow. So now, or if I told it to die like that fig tree was cursed and I've got to go create another fig tree to grow in the same spot or next to it because I already told that particular fig tree to die. So I can't go tell that fig tree to live because I already told it to die. Then we become depressed when our things don't change. Fourth step of grief is depression. Finding ourselves depressed because we just can't see another way through. Fifth step of grief is acceptance. I accept my, my situation, accept my condition, accept being sheltered in and change our mindset. We'll be right back to talk about more after this. You're listening to The Raising Men Show right here on WKBY 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia. We're talking about quarantining our thoughts in our series right now. And the subtopic is just below the surface. We're dealing with those things right now that are brewing just below the surface. Hey, everyone. My name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with Royal Financial Group, licensed to help million dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202. Or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family. You're listening to the Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlisle, on WKBY 1080 AM. Thank you, son. That's my youngest son, Jackson. I like when it kicks to the bumpers. So we talked in this last segment about the five stages of grief, being grieving our loss of freedoms, loss of choice, loss of ability to make choices that make the sense that we wanted to make, be able to go and do things when and how we want to do it. Another thing the Lord brought to mind is uh, using, using the Alcoholics Anonymous 12-step program, we find that uh, those 12 steps are an interesting 
part of uh, a recovery process as well because uh, you know, I'm not an alcoholic and thank the Lord for that. So I have not been through a 12-step program. But some of the steps I think are even are great to follow in, in this time. First step is we've admitted that we are powerless over alcohol, in this case powerless over you know the thought of having to be sheltered inside. Again, we're paradigm. Par, you know, using a parody here to kind of help us because some of us need some structure needs to define where we are with this thing and it help us to stop being letting that anger that's or depression or whatever it is that's lurking just below the surface come through because we've got to be able to realize what's there because when I didn't realize it was when I didn't know it was there and I realized it poked through it allowed me now to deal with the problem what I don't want to happen to people is I don't want to not talk about it and be truthful and be transparent in it. Like we have the old series is Truth and Transparency. And if we don't deal with it, it right now, and I know I'm not the only one struggling with it. I know I'm not that unique. So we need to deal with just what's just below the surface. And wh- what that may be for you is going to be different possibly than it is for me or somebody else. For me, it was anger. It was fear. It was it was the uncertainty. I, I, I wanted to be the protector. I wanted to make sure my kids don't go out and they don't touch anything, don't even look twice at something because I want to keep them protected. I need, I need them to shelter in. So I'm going to use steps like the steps of the grief cycle to understand where I'm at and help me come to a quicker acceptance. I'm going to use steps like the 12-step program and find out what I can glean from it for my situation. So step two in a 12-step Alcoholics Anonymous type of program is to come to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. God, power much higher than myself. I want my sanity back. I I want my confidence back. I want my faith and belief system restored. I... I'm not saying that I've lost my faith. I'm not saying that. But I want to believe that when I go outside, I don't have to think about that. I want to make sure that I, I know exactly what I'm doing. Okay, God, you know, I know you got me. I don't want to have to worry or fear. I don't want to be like Peter standing on the water when I'm in the supermarket every time. Okay, that person's within six feet. Oh, my gosh. I don't want to freak out. I want to be able at the right time to greet people with a hug and not worry about do we have to go and spray ourselves off with some antibacterial spray. I want to make sure that we're wise, make sure I'm wise, make sure I'm following after what the, the Lord has got us to follow. But I also need to know where I'm at in this situation, not pretend like everything's okay. Because that's where I thought when I was sitting at my desk, keeping my mind, my mind full of work things and keeping my mind focused on what was, you know, I needed to make for dinner and what, what the food stocks are. Because even lurking below the surface of myself is I don't want to run out of anything. Because I'm not sure if I can find it out there in the marketplace or can Amazon deliver it. Because there's a, there's a misconception that Amazon is this big endless well of, of I don't know, hazmat suit wearing staff members that are just impervious to life itself. And they must be like the first responders because my packages keep coming. Well, if you check that delivery date, those Amazon packages are being delivered, sorry, being delayed from everywhere from 2 to 14 days or more. I ordered some, you know, some breathing protective masks. It took them six weeks to arrive. Okay, feel some kind of way if you want to about, you know, having a mask. And I know first responders need them. I get it. I, I want all of the first responders and to get all of the ones that they need. But I also need some for my family too. I need some for me when I go out. I know a bandana fabric isn't going to protect me from this virus. The, the weave in the fabric is too large. The virus is microscopic. 
I might as well not be wearing anything. And, and I get it. People say, well, having a bandana is, is at least 12% effective or what it was, 32% effective. It's better than the none or whatever it was. And I get it. But if I can get a, a mask to wear it to be better protected, yeah, I want that. When my son goes to his allergy shots, yeah, I need him to be protected. So I need to believe that when I go out that the Lord has given me the wisdom and I have faith to believe that I've done the right thing. So when I go outside, I believe that God's got me and I don't have to have my faith shaken by if I park too close to someone, if I walk next to someone, that the whole world for me is going to come to an end. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. We should be doing that anyway as Christians. Or if we're coming to know God, we should be doing that anyway. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. We need to do that. During this time, we need to make an inventory of ourselves. What are we doing that is not like God? Or what are we doing that is like God? What should we do more of? What should we do less of? And let God be the one to speak to us through the Holy Spirit to help us with that searching. Step five, admit it to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. There's so often we don't share with our kids our truths. The word says, we shall know the truth, and the truth shall make us free. Some translations say set, but in, else, in, in diverse translations, uh, going back to Greek and, Greek and Hebrew, in this case Hebrew, it's make us free. You will be set free through that truth. Some of us have some really dark sides of us that we don't want anyone to know because we, we think we're just too churchy. We're the church lady, we're the church dude, we're the, the deacons, the pastors, the elders. We're human beings that are faulted and flawed because of the fall of Adam and Eve because Adam ate the fruit, ate the meal that his wife prepared that he knew he wasn't supposed to eat. That became broken and flawed. So there's nothing that any of us can do that ever can correct that other than to give our life over to God and die. Because the next moment after we've given our life to Christ, there's usually some other crazy thought that was it's a, that is a sinful thought. So there's no nobody perfect. So admit the fact if you used to do drugs and be an alcoholic, or if you used to be a womanizer, or be addicted to pornography, or whatever it was, break the law and run across the street when you're not supposed to. I'm not saying to glorify it, but to be for real about it. Because though you've turned your life away from those sins and away from those behaviors somebody else who's struggling with those behaviors need to know that i'm struggling there but you know what that man or that woman made it they've turned the life around so there's hope for me some of us are so afraid to admit that we even had a hangdale last week or passed gas and it smelled funny or took a you know used the bathroom like a normal person and had to spray 14 times because it wasn't holy and sanctified that's religion it's idolatry. You need to be real and truth and transparent and help somebody be free. Step six, we are entirely ready to have God remove all of these defects from our character. Some of us like these defects. Some of us like being who we were because I, some folks like being womanizers. Some people like being pimps, players, and prostitutes. Some folks like that. And some of us like the taste of these things that are in our character that we just don't want to change well we gotta we gotta break free from them. we gotta quarantine that thought we gotta let it go step nine sorry where are we at uh step eight made a list of all persons we may have harmed 
and become willing to make amends to them all. We're going to step through the rest of these when we get back from break. Uh, steps 9 through 12 and we're going to talk about some signs of PTSD because I, I really believe that in this time globally it's going to be various forms of PTSD that we're going to have that we're going to need some help with and God is one of the ways if not the best way office ultimate way to help us through that you're listening to the Raising Men Show and I'm your host Craig Carlisle we'll be right back after this message who you hire as your realtor matters You need a realtor who looks out for your best interests and not their own. Marie Clark with Allison James Estates is a full-time realtor, specializing in helping first-time homebuyers in Temecula and the surrounding areas. She is also a ministry leader. Today, why don't you choose Marie Clark to buy or sell your next home? Please call 951-265-6259. This is Craig Carlisle, the host of The Raising Men Show, and I'm also an executive producer of the independent feature film, Restored Me. It's a powerful, feel-good dramedy that centers around a young man trying to restore his relationship with his young daughter and her mother after his wrongful incarceration. This film speaks to restoring your faith and pushes a bold message of positivity and motivation. The cast includes Gary Owen, Bill Duke, William Lee, Matt Gerald, Richard T. Jones, Malik Yovo, Yancey Arias, and Bo Casper Smart, just to name a few. Restored Me is available on over 100 digital markets, including iTunes, Amazon, and on demand from your local cable provider. Buy it, rent it, either way, I'm asking you to watch it. It'll bless your life. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlisle, on WKBY 1080 AM. And we're back. We're going to do, we are talking about the 12-step program. And this was one of those things I love on my screens because I was reading my notes and now I don't see. Oh, there it is. There it is right there. So we're in step nine. And we, before the break, we were dealing with the reading the steps from Alcoholics Anonymous 12-step program. And we are on step nine. And so nine says make direct amends with such people wherever possible except when to do so when injury, oh, sorry, let's read that over, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. So step eight and step nine talks about, I did obviously make a list of the people that we've harmed. And then step nine was, is to actually go forth and actually make amends. Some of us, some of us need to say, I'm sorry. We've done some people dirty, just straight wrong for no reason other than our own selfish reasons. And we know who they are. And we know what we've done. Now, there are people, of course, that we've heard and not been aware that we've heard because we didn't think what we did was hurtful. Okay, we can't do anything with those until the person makes us aware and say, I'm sorry, make your amends then. But there's there's some people that we know we've just just been shady to, just straight up ungodly. And But yet we'll sit up in church, we'll sit up on video now, we'll sit up online and, and be all the, make all these professions of who we are now Without reconciling, not say reconcile, without making amends. Making amends doesn't mean I need to go back and be your friend, be your family, and, and restore the relationship. It means say I'm sorry. It means acknowledging what you did wrong. If you were an abuser, if you were, you know, I don't know, if you were a rapist, if you were an alcoholic, and you've and you've done something to a person while you were in that stupor, in that state, in that frame of mind to hurt a person, to rob that person, steal something from them that was valuable. 
No longer let them feel like they were safe. We're going to step through here because we're running out of time. Step 10, continue to make personal inventory of when we were wrong and promptly admit it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our, uh, our conscious contact with God. Step 12, having a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps and trying to carry this message to other people. That's It's great. We're going to step to even with PTSD because we're like, so running short on time. Some of the steps of post-traumatic stress disorder is feeling upset by things that remain or remind you of what just happened. That's a given. From the time when my late wife passed to now, I do feel upset at the things that remind me of what had happened. Staying, having to shelter indoors, having to be inside, not having to wear masks, having to wear gloves, having to see empty store shelves. If you're having nightmares or vivid memories or flashbacks of the event that made you feel like this is happening all over again. Yeah, I've had those thoughts, not dreams, but thoughts of going into stores now. My immediate thought is, do I see empty shelves? And will I not find food? And oh my goodness, people, are they hoarding? Can I not, can I not find toilet paper or whatever, whatever that thing is for you? For me, it's not finding meat to feed my kids. That's, that's traumatic to me. Feeling emotionally cut off from others. So many of us are mostly cut off right now because we can't get to see it. If you're, if you're in love language right now, is physical touch. For some of us, if you're not sheltered in with the person you want to touch, whether it be family members or like, like whatever, some of us are losing our minds and coming unglued at the seams. We're praying blessings of peace for them and getting their minds right and being able to be safe during those times. Feeling constantly on guard. Don't want to touch people. Got to maintain six foot distance. Yeah. Yeah. These are signs of, of PTSD. And I, I, I can tell you, I've pretty much got the, the top ones I've read so far. Feeling irritated or having angry outbursts. I just did that when a package got delivered to my door that my kids were going to pick up. Having difficulty sleeping. Sometimes I put too many things in the way so I don't sleep. I don't want to let my body unwind. Having trouble concentrating. You ever have trouble remembering what were you just doing a moment ago? Having to rewrite your list three times? Having to go to the freezer and the refrigerator to look 14 times, look at the cabinets. Is the food still there? Lord Jesus. I just came from the store, God. Did I get everything that I needed? Did I not, did I not forget something? Being jumpy and easily startled. I have exhibited all of these in my personal life, but I can't be the only one. I refuse to believe I'm the only one out there. I do raising men to help others. It was first to, I had to learn that it was to help myself become better. The goal was to help men become better men, better husbands, better father, better people in general. This show is hard to do because it forces me to deal with me. Deal with myself, deal with what I'm feeling, dealing with the cold, hard facts. You know, but facts are friendly. And facts are facts. Because we have to deal with what it is. The Raising Men Show isn't a, isn't a typical, never has been in terms of a typical churchy feel good, bring a Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Monday evening, Friday, two o'clock or whatever in the morning message. I don't even know if these are messages. People, some of the times they say they're sermons. I've called them sermons and, because it feels like what it must be like to, to deliver a sermon because when you're done, I feel wrung out and tired. 
because I'm trying to get out of me what I've been holding on to or what's lying just below the surface. And the enemy doesn't want us to find out what's just lurking, lurking below the surface and doesn't want us to find out what's dwelling inside and what's our stronghold that he can use against us. The enemy doesn't want us to do anything to make us better, to get us closer to God. He wants us to stay closer to him, be head in the sand and be head down, not looking up towards God, not seeking the Holy Spirit. But we got to, we need to, we need to do this. It's a part of who we are. It's it's, it's a part of the call that God's got on our life. That's why he created us to give him glory. And we can't give him glory if we're stuck and all jacked up. Stuff just below the surface looking and they're angry or in depression and not wanting to deal with because it hurts, because it's hard. In my case, the hardest message I've ever had to deliver was to tell my kids that their mother was never coming home because she was gonna die. And I remembered since that time that there's no conversation, there's nothing I can that I have to do beyond that that was that difficult. Anything else was easy. Everything else is easy. So sitting here giving a, a message or a story or sharing an anecdote about my life on the Raising Men Show or any platform like that, that's easy. In my sleep, I can tell you how much I've recovered from what the Lord brought me from and help me understand, help you understand where you can be. Because I'm trying to get someplace where I've never been. I'm trying to get free. God, Lord Jesus, I'm trying to be free. I'm trying to get to a place where I've never been, which is where he wants me to be. And I want you all to be there too, because if I can make it, you can too. There's nothing special about me that makes me exempt. I'm not a unicorn like that TV show makes us out to believe. We're all children of God that are special, set apart, called according to his purpose. But Roman 8, 28 is still true, that all things work together for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And if you love God, he loves you. He loves you anyway, even if you don't love him. But if you love him, you're called according to his purpose. And your purpose was today to listen to this message right here on the Raising Men Show on WKBY 1080 AM. And if you've missed an episode, check us out on theraisingmenshow.com. That's R-Z-N-G-M-E-N. See you all next week on the show. We're continuing with our series, Quarantining Your Thoughts. WKBY 1080 AM. We keep blessing you.